0: In Apex, North Carolina Stay tuned, at the end of the program We will give you information on how to contact us So be sure to have a pen and paper ready Today Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9 So grab your Bibles and follow along Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney
1: Think about this. We would never have heard of Mephibosheth if it were not for David who saved him and showed him grace. Grace is a dirty word to the devil and a powerful truth to the Christian. Grace is the power behind the gospel. Are you listening? Grace is is the wonder of the gospel to think that God would reach down and, and reach somebody like me. That's amazing. That's amazing. To think that God will reach somebody like It's even more amazing to think that God will reach somebody like you. I'm shocked. It's grace. It's all grace. Grace is the distinction of the gospel. It's the distinction of the... What do you mean, pastor? I mean that grace is the Christianity is the only religion on the planet that is based upon grace. So then grace, are you with me, is the distinction of the gospel. It's the distinction of Christianity. Buddhism doesn't teach grace. Hinduism doesn't teach grace. Shintoism doesn't teach grace. Taoism doesn't teach grace. Islam doesn't teach grace. It teaches works. I could go down the list. There's no other, no other religion on the planet that teaches that God reached out to man first. None. Do your homework. None. So grace is the distinction of the gospel, or you might say it like this. Grace is the distinction of Christianity. Let's define Grace. I like to define it like this. You know, G-R acronym, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is unearned, undeserved, unrepayable gift of God. The unearned, did you get me? The unearned, the undeserved, the unpayable gift of God. The topic of grace is a concept that is woven throughout the Old and New Testament. And there's no better picture of grace than the life of this obscure character named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth hes not famous like Moses. Some of y'all, this is the first time you heard his name. Or maybe Sunday when I brought it up. He's not famous like Moses. He's not famous like Abraham. He's not famous like Samson or David or Elijah or Elisha. And yet, he's a shining, glaring example of the grace of God. This is an amazing scene here, y'all. After all of these years, all of a sudden, there's a knock. Mephibosheth is down in Lodabar. Are you with me? Mephibosheth is down in Lodabar and after all, All these years, there's a knock on the door and the man tells Mephibosheth that the king wants to see you. Read this story about, speaking of knocking on the door, read this story of a pastor who was visiting in the homes of some of the people that go to the church. Listen, so he knocks on the door of one house and it seemed obvious that someone was at home, but nobody answered as he repeated the knock, well, then he took out a business card and he wrote on the back of it, Revelation 3.20, which reads, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and he stuck it in the door. Or when the offering was taken the following Sunday, the pastor found his business card returned in the offering plate, and on the business card was written, Genesis 3.10 had been written alongside Revelation 3.20. He grabbed his Bible and to look up Genesis 3.10, which read, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. <laughs> so, after, so after all these years, down in Lodabar, Mephibosheth is knocking on the door, and this guy is standing there. The king wants to see you. So they take Mephibosheth off to see the king. They load him up off to see the king. Mephibosheth, put yourself in Mephibosheth's sandals. Okay? Mephibosheth is probably afraid. Listen, in those days when the king wants to see you, that more often meant he wants to see your head separated from your body. Generally, that's what that meant. So Mephibosheth is afraid. Probably knees knocking, teeth chattering, palms sweating, probably thinking, is my will up to date? He's afraid. Now, we know Mephibosheth was afraid because verse 7, notice in verse 7 in your Bibles, David said to him, look at it. David said, he said, fear not. He says, fear not. Well, that means he was afraid. David says, I'm not going to blast you. I'm going to bless you. Number four. Talk about Mephibosheth. David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. So first of all, we talked about his name. Secondly, I told you Mephibosheth was missing the best because he was living down in Lodabar. Thirdly, Mephibosheth would have perished without David's help. He was crippled, broken, lame, and the king called him by his grace. Number four, David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. David has never seen Mephibosheth. So he's looking at Mephibosheth, and and, and I wasn't there, but you got to wonder like what David thought when he saw Mephibosheth. He probably said first thing, because keep in mind, he had never saw Mephibosheth. So he, he probably looked at him and said, you know what? Boy, you look just like your daddy. Because he never saw him either. Yeah, boy, you look just like your daddy. He sees the characteristics of his best friend Jonathan. But what's interesting is that Mephibosheth sees David one way. And David sees Mephibosheth another way. Mephibosheth sees David as harsh. He doesn't know yet. Okay, we know the story because we just read it. But Mephibosheth is living in the story. So he doesn't know that David's not going to blast him. He's going to bless him. He's going to show kindness to him. He doesn't know that at this point. So Mephibosheth sees David one way. David sees um, um, Mephibosheth a, a different way. David sees Mephibosheth through the eyes of love and acceptance. We see ourselves one way and God sees us totally different, doesn't he? I think of Ephesians 1.6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We see ourselves as Mephibosheth. Man, I'm broken. Man, I'm lame. may I'm crippled. Man, I messed up. Man, God is angry. God, God, has, to be, God has to be done with me. I mean, I, I keep doing it, and I keep doing it, and I keep doing it. We see ourselves one way, and God sees us as accepted in the beloved. That's what the Bible says. Uh, i wait while you clap your hands there. Accepted it, beloved. Well, look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Mephibosheth bowed down to David and said, What is your servant? I am a dead dog to you. Now, it's good to read what the Bible says, yes? It's also good to note what the Bible does not say. Notice David invited Mephibosheth to the place, to the palace, and he never said, Wow, that's too bad your are handicapped. We don't read that in the text. Mephibosheth placed those crippled legs... And feet under the table, and they were never discussed. His feet were out of the sight of the king. Out of sight, out of mind. The Bible says our sins are out of sight of the king. God never remembers our sins. When you come to Christ, listen to me. When you come to Christ, you take all your crippled yesterdays and you place them under the Lord's table and he doesn't bring it up again. Psalm 103, verse 12. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so shall your sin be removed from you. That God has removed your sin from you. As far as the east is from the west. There's no distance there. God doesn't see our sins. You need to be thankful for that. Also, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. So David said nothing, number four, about Mephibosheth's feet. And number five, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. Mephibosheth never said, well, you know, what had happened was. He didn't say that. They sat around the table and they never talked about the crippled feet. And again, we sit with Jesus and he doesn't bring up our sins. But you got to wonder what they talked about. In my sanctified imagination, listen, here's what I think they talked about. They talked about someone else. They talked about someone else. They probably talked about Jonathan, Mephibosheth's dad. David probably said, "Boy, I could tell you some stuff about your dad, or, or, or you know, man, the, the things we used to do. I, I can't even tell you." David probably said, "Mephibosheth, your dad was a good man. Your dad was a good man. I tell you something: when life is over, when, not if, when life is over." All you have is your name. All you have is your name. When people put you in the ground, I've done so many funerals and home goings. I can't count them. And I can tell you the easiest ones are the, are the funerals, the home goings where people, I know that they live their life for the Lord. I know that they served God. I know they loved God. You know, I think of Miss Faye. I'll never forget Miss Faye. She was just a beautiful, lovely, godly woman. And if anything I miss about Miss Faye, I, I miss that she she always encouraged me. That woman always, all she would encourage me all the time. She always would encourage me, just tell me, you know what, Pastor Rodney? You're making a difference. Keep going. You're making a difference. Keep going. Oh, you such, oh, such oh the word was so oh the word was so good. It was a blessing. Oh, the word, oh the word, oh, God's using you. And you'd be surprised, just a little bit of encouragement like that take you a long way. Amen. And I get and I I get the impression from the story here that John was a, he was a good guy. And David's probably telling him, you know, your dad was he, was, he was a good guy. And your grandfather, on the other hand. <laughs> I had to do something to pull myself together. <laughs> your grandfather, on the other hand, well, let's just say that's a different story. And, uh, but they sat around that table, they talked about somebody else. Okay, number six. Okay, Mephibosheth. Number four, David said nothing about Mephibosheth's lame feet. Number five, Mephibosheth said nothing about his feet. And number six, others said nothing about Mephibosheth's feet. There was a lot of people around the table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. I would classify that as a lot of people around the table. (laughs) There were a lot of people around the table. And they weren't, the Bible doesn't tell us they weren't whispering about, look at the guy that they carried in. Or did you hear what happened to the guy that they carried in? You know, small world that time. Did you hear about what happened to the, to, to, to that, to the to look at the handicapped boy. Look at the crippled boy. They were probably, they, they probably were listening in on David talking to Mephibosheth. This is a really simple story, saints, about two people, David. And Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth alienated from his rightful blessings because of the sin of his father. Early in his life, he became lame because of a fall. And the king initiates an encounter for the fallen to come to the table. In case you didn't get it, Mephibosheth is a picture of you and me before God. And until we become children of God, by being born again, we are enemies of God and we're living in Lodabar. And we're an enemy of God. And follow me, like David, Jesus searches for us and he offers a special invitation to sit at the table with the king. And like David, once Jesus finds us, he tries to have a little talk with us. And after that talk, God will redeem us and restore us and return us to, the, to our rightful place. The Bible says we are heirs of the and joint heirs of the kingdom of God. And now we are accepted by the Father. And because we're accepted, stay with me, because we're accepted by the Father, now we get to sit at the king's table. And did David tell us in Psalm 23, 23 that he prepares our table before me in the presence of my enemies. Y'all need to clap your hands and say amen right there. Now a few things, listen, a few things as we kind of come in for a landing. A few things. David, listen, didn't have to find Mephibosheth. He chose to. David could have said forget it. Let him make it the best way he can. David could have harbored resentment and bitterness towards Saul and forgot about the covenant that he made with Jonathan, instead he wanted to keep that covenant. keep in mind, Saul tried to kill David more than twenty three times. so David makes his covenant with Jonathan, and he wanted to keep his covenant and and if he had not kept this covenant, nobody would have known the difference, and nobody was there when they made the covenant, and nobody knew about it, and nobody cared, but David was gracious and he sought. Out the undeserving and gave him all that could be his Mephibosheth goes from poverty to plenty can I tell you something God shows us the same kindness and the same mercy every single day we are undeserving but God keeps on blessing us anyway somebody say amen am I right about it we are undeserving but God keeps on keeping us every day am I right about it We're undeserving, he keeps on striving with us every day. We're undeserving and he keeps on forgiving us every day. We're undeserving and he keeps on loving us every day and showing us loving kindness and tender mercies and offering us eternal life, everlasting life and offering us to eat at the royal table for the rest of our lives. And the choice was Mephibosheth's and the choice is yours. The king has made the offer. Are y'all following me? The king has made the offer. The choice is yours. Romans three 23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. We're all lame from our falls. We were running for our lives. We got so busy. We tripped and fell. We've fallen into trouble. We've fallen into confusion. We've fallen out of the will of God. We've fallen into, into sin. We've fallen into our own way, into selfishness. We've fallen into pride. Every time you try to get on your feet, you fall down. Every time you try to walk, you fall. You make a vow to the Lord and you find yourself breaking it. Every time you promise the Lord something, I won't do that anymore, and you fall down. The good news is, listen, you don't have to keep falling. You don't have to remain in that crippled state. You can walk straight again. God is saying to you, come out of Lodabar. Christian, there is nothing in Lodabar for you. In Lodabar, there's only death, defeat, waste, barrenness, and no greenery. I said this before. It is possible to have a wasted life and a saved soul. Am I right about it? It's possible to have a wasted life and a saved soul. There are some here tonight, you're living in Lodabar, a place of spiritual barrenness, no pasture, no fruit, no greenery, no, just desolate. And yeah, you're born again. And yeah, you go to church every Sunday. And yeah, you tithe, but your life is lame and crippled. And you're a Christian, but you're not a disciple. Listen, this is for everybody. I'm not just talking about people 40 and 50 years old. I'm talking about if you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, it's never too early to give your life to Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands and say, that's right, Pastor. It's never too early. It's never too early. The question is, are you a disciple? Are you Mephibosheth, living in Lodabar? Is is your is your soul saved, but your life wasted? Think about that. You can have a saved soul and a wasted life. And there's so many Christians. I am telling you. There's so many Christians. I was telling my wife today. I was riding by by a church, and they're building a, a church, and it's it's a, a large church, and It's a seeker church. And we were just, we were talking about how the Bible says in the last days, the road that leads to destruction is wide and many are on that one. But the one that leads to eternal life is narrow and few. Thereon you will find. Yeah. Yeah, we get tens of thousands of people. Start telling you what you want to hear. Start so telling you that God wants to bless you, and yeah, sure, go on live in sin. Sure, go on live with your boyfriend. Sure, go have yeah, baby and just live together. You don't need to get married. I mean, all this is all outdated, antiquated. Sure, just do do your thing. Do whatever you think is good for you. Walk in your truth. You know how dangerous that is. Walk in your truth. It's only one truth. Listen, sweetie. Listen, sweetie. Listen, there's only one truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father except by him. Come on, put your Bible down. Clap your hands for more. You got to come out of Bar. You got to stop. God's got more for you. If you're a Christian, You don't even, you don't belong in Lodabar. You belong at the king's table where there's grace and mercy. Come out of Lodabar to victory over Satan. Come out of Lodabar to victory in Jesus. Come out of Lodabar. There's no pasture there. The way out of Lodabar is to answer the knock on the door. Just thought of it. Think about if, if Mephibosheth had acted like he wasn't home. <laughs> think about it, I just thought about it, thank you, Lord. I just thought about it, think about it, think, think about that, think about it. the knock on the door. Man, these guys are coming to get you, to, to bless you. Your whole crippled life is gonna change. Think about if he would have just said they knocking on the door and he's like shh. <laughs> and he just like peek out the blind. I don't recognize them. I ain't open the door. I'm gonna get on back over my seat. What? What? He would have missed the biggest blessing of his life. So Jesus says, I'm going to let y'all out of here. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. The way out of Lodabar is to answer the door. Answer the door. Answer the door. Jesus is knocking On that door. You got to answer the door. Well, look at verse 13. I'm coming for a landing right here. We don't know. Look at verse 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table and worship team. Come on, get in place. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate at the king's table continually and, uh, and he was lame in both of his feet. Now, we don't know if Mephibosheth was ever healed, but what we do know is Mephibosheth just accepted the grace that David offered we do know that Mephibosheth was totally forgiven and totally restored and like Mephibosheth if we just accept the grace of God that is offered graciously we too will be totally forgiven and totally restored and and and, and they'll never ever ever listen to me be made mention of your sin again when God forgives you He forgives you. And never mention your lameness. Ever again. And that's the good news. This is the story of rags and riches. This is the best story on grace. To someone who wasn't looking for it. Ophibosheth was living his life down in Lodabar. And the king decided to show kindness to him. Grace. That's a small word. It's a big word for a Christian.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.